This is Rating Descending, where we watch IMDb's worst 250 so you don't have to. My name is Abigail Ward. And I'm Michelle St. Clair. And tonight we are watching Alvin and the Chipmunks 2 The Squeakquel. The world famous singing preteen chipmunk trio return to contend with the pressures of school, celebrity, and a rival female music group known as the Chipettes. Let's watch. I think a real power move is tapping your fingers against a table and looking someone dead in the eyes. Yeah. It's like even if you're having a nice conversation and you start doing it, it's just this implication that you're suddenly bored with the conversation. Mm. Another power move, putting your leg up on anything and then leaning back as you talk. Well, that's your Massive classic power move. That's your classic power pose. It's an Abigail staple for sure. <laughs> TM Abigail Ward. Mm. Definitely strange when I do it in cinemas. I just mm. stand up halfway through and I put my leg on every single chair in the cinema. Slowly. You walk around, you circulate around. I do. I look for the weakest posing. and then I piss on them, you, assert my dominance straight away. Then I put my leg on them and I keep going throughout yeah, the cinema. You work your way up through yeah, the pecking order. Exactly. Because you know when you come in, you're always at the bottom. But it's easier if you go up from there. Exactly. Right? I'm highly aware that I'm at the bottom of every pecking order. So that's why I go into every situation demeaning people, patronizing yeah. people, making them feel as small as possible so that I can I can challenge them. It's really a classic Abby move. Massive Abby move. Whereas because sure. I know I'm at the bottom of the pecking order, what I do instead is I go around and I I say please piss on me, please piss on me, please piss on me. I love that. I want them to know that I know my place. Yeah, embracing your beta self. Yeah. That's good for you. It works yeah. for you. Yeah, I it's well, I'm I'm still alive, so, you know, I guess in that sense it's working for Sorry, me. I'm just tapping my fingers here I'm a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Power move. Power move. Yeah. Um how are you going, Michelle? Yeah, I'm going all right. We've got new microphones. New mics. This is a new era of podcasting, guys. 2021 and we actually we have we have new proper high-tech equipment. We are committing to this podcast. Yeah. We are here with you. We will not leave you. Do not leave us. I have abandonment issues. Not because I had a bad childhood. My parents were great to me. Actually, I think it all started when I was 7, right? You and gotta, we went on holidays gotta, to Aladulla and my gotta, dad was talking to my mom oh, wait, and he hang on. You got to you got to really condense it. Fraction of town trailer it. One summer in Aladulla. Abigail Ward. That's me. What? Guess you're wondering how I got here. Well, it all started in the summer of 1986. Generic 80s song. And we keep going back through different summers. We go back to 1986 and it starts with like, well, it all started in the summer of 1939 and we just keep leaping back in time. It all started with the Charleston. <laughs> Why, I've never been to Georgia. Oh my, you're leaving me for Savannah? Come back, please. Oh my, our father who art in heaven. <laughs> please, you can't leave me. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, I'm th I'm th I thought that was a pretty good summary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we spent the day together. I, I don't know how I am. How are you? This isn't for me. This is for the listeners, baby. We got to pretend we didn't spend the day together. Let's try this again. How are you? Um, yeah, I'm pretty good. <laughs> Believable? I bought it. I bought it. I bought it. Believable? I bought it. Let's try this again. We'll get okay. this together. Take two. Take, Beep. take seven. No, no, no. Okay. 
Take two. Beep. How are you, Michelle? <laughs> All right. Okay. Try again. <laughs> Beep. Okay. How are you, Michelle? Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty cool. <laughs> you seem cool. Yeah, it's yeah. very cool. Hell yeah, I am. It's probably the fact that you've just put your leg up on me and you're leaning back a lot. Oh, yeah. And I'm... Oh, God. Are you pissing on me? I'm straight Oh, my pissing. God. Oh, my God. All I'm doing She's is pissing. She's pissing on me. I will never stop pissing. I've never pissed this much in my life. And yet all I am, I am become piss. <laughs> There's something else that stuck with me. This is a mess of an opener. There's yeah. something else that stuck with me. I think it's pretty good. At New Year's Eve is when the, the night had winded down and it was just you, me and Brooke. It was like 3 a.m. in our living room. I think you guys were talking about like farting and then shitting and blah, blah, blah. And I think Brooke just said as a throwaway comment, it's all just piss and farts. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't stopped being able, like, I cannot stop thinking about that. Yeah. All 2020 was, was piss and farts. <laughs> yeah, it really was. I mean, there's not, I was going to say, there's not much else you can do inside. There's tons of things you can do inside, but there's not much that you do inside every day. Except pissing and farting. Yeah. That's like the one constant of your life. Like, if everything feels scary and your life is full of change or turmoil at the moment, you don't know who you are, you're going through a, a phase of rapid transition, just know that every day you will either piss or fart. And that's nice. Yeah. You'll probably do both. And uh, that will never change. And you know who you are because at some point you too will piss and fart. So email us your pissiest fart at gmail at ratingdescending.com. And mail us your farts at P.O. Box 744. No, 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 don't do that. No, no. Beep. <laughs> How are you, Michelle? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty great. <laughs> I'm new cool, Michelle. But then one day... Woof, woof, woof. What? You a fairy? Toby. No, a dog came into my life. Oh, okay. Cool. No, no, it's a, it's a separate <laughs> separate creature. How are you, Abby? Thank you for asking. <laughs> Sorry, wait. <laughs> oh, my God. Fuck's sake. Leave me alone. No. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. <laughs> yes. This is, I feel like we had steam and it's all left. What? <laughs> all the steam burst out of you. Steam? I got steam. How dare you? Steam me up. <laughs> steam me up, Scotty. Uh, uh, um. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, I'm waiting. Uh, I'm waiting, Abigail. I've been good. Yeah? Yeah, I've been good. Okay, I've had a weird start to the year. It's been very nice. It's been like a really sunny couple of days and I've just been like, been very self-focused, mm. which is very nice. It's yeah. a form of self-care. All I've been doing is thinking about like my projects and my work and I've built a website for myself, hey. www.abigailjward.com. I've started reviewing movies, not bad ones, actually good ones. So if you guys want to read a couple of website. weird scattered movie reviews, go for it. There isn't many at the moment and the website is definitely, the website is a massive work in progress, but... Um, yeah, I've done a lot of nice career stuff for myself, and I'm feeling strong, powerful, cannot stop pissing. No. Constant stream. I think it's because I'm feeling so powerful. It's just like a natural reaction to when I assert dominance. Like, it's like now it's, I've conditioned myself to pee every time I do something good for myself. You're, you're like a glitch in Cyberpunk 2077. You just can't <laughs> stop pissing. 
RIP anyone that was excited for Cyberpunk 2077. Our condolences, our, heart is, uh, our hearts are with you. Yeah. Yeah. Bad time. In these times of uh, attempted fascist coups. In these unprecedented times. My heart is with those who pre-ordered Cyberpunk 2077. This has been a weird first week of 2021, right? Yeah. Like, well, you said the second it- week. That's probably why it's a weird first week, because it's actually the second week, I guess. But you said it yourself. You were like, 2021 feels like season two of 2020. Yeah. And it definitely does. It's Cases are getting worse overseas. Borders closed over New Year's, obviously. So now there's like a new strain that Queensland are trying to control. But things are okay in Victoria. It's just that overseas, everything's kind of just fucking up. The attempted fascist coup. Yeah was scary from a standby perspective yeah especially since scott morrison was the only western leader to not condemn trump's actions during it because we have no moral high ground compared to america we are just america jr that fucks me up yeah america's so fucked up yeah that's my hot take on it guys america's fucked up i've said it before our 2019 election was was our version of the american 2016 election yeah definitely god you know, but on the note of America being fucked up, <laughs> Alvin and the Chipmunks, the squeakle, <laughs> absolute horror fest coming out of Hollywood. It's really a lot of nightmare fuel. Lots of nightmare fuel. I don't know where to start with this one. It was it was icky. It was weird. It was it was bearable and manageable, and I think yeah. it was better than say Sex in the City too. But it, uh, big yikes to this film. To summarize my thoughts on it, it really confirmed my suspicion that most people who create animals in VFX programs are furries. And I mean, I mean sex furries, not just the dress-up furries, which yeah. I, I, there's a difference. But, you know, I've met plenty that doesn't, that's not a, a, a what's the word? That's, I'm not casting aspersions on furries' character. I'm just saying I don't want to watch it as a big blockbuster movie. My friend Lauren deemed me more left-wing than her a couple weeks ago, and I was like, why do you think that? And she was like, oh, because, like, I just, I can't tolerate fairies. And I was like, it's not that I'm, like, pro-fairy. I just, you know, I don't want them to die for being a fairy, you know? And she was like, yeah, you just, like, you said that you could, like, you could forgive someone, you could, you could be okay with someone being a fairy. And I was like, no, this, this is a sensitive topic. Cause I think it's weird and dumb, but I'm terrified that in 20 years, it'll be the normal. And that someone in 20 years will come back to this podcast right now and say, she thinks it was dumb and weird. What a bigot. <laughs> well, I think it's one of those things where I'm like, I think it's dumb and weird, but also a lot of people think the things I like is dumb and weird. Mm. People are free to their own devices. As long as it doesn't hurt other people. That's exactly my bar for everything. If yeah. what you're doing doesn't hurt other people, it's totally totally fine and you can do it the thing about fairies is that i do worry that it's like i I do worry about any ties to bestiality and if it like Mm. hurts any animals that's a whole different discussion it's a whole different bag of beats we're talking about alvin and the chipmunks excellent discussion for our comedy podcast (laughs) (laughs) bestiality man it's been on my mind well to be fair this this movie really embeds it in your brain the two things I would say stand out about this movie is how horny the chipettes are. And yes. how well, much. Well, they're not horny. The makers of the film were horny for the chipettes. That's let's true. Let's stay that. Like, that like, let's, let's just state that. It, the text treats them as regular high schoolers without sexualization. The visuals is, are exclusively sexual. Yes. Um, and the other thing I take away from it is how much most of the people in this movie want to legitimately kill these sentient chipmunks. 
There was a lot of near-death experiences for these chipmunks at high school. Yeah. I have a lot of things that stood out for me is that I don't understand... It's a parallel to the Yogi Bear episode that we did. I don't understand mm. what people's perception of the chipmunks are. They obviously live in a different universe to us because yeah. they readily accept that there are sentient chipmunks that are superstars. Well, no, wait. In Yogi Bear, everyone was like, oh, yeah, you're the talking bear. Whatever. I don't give a single shit. It, in this, they're all still like, whoa, these chipmunks talk. That's really cool. Like, Do they? Because I feel like they went to high school and everyone went, oh, Alvin. Well, Is it because they're superstars? Yeah, they become uh, rock stars as part but of the first movie. But then the chipettes join the school and no one bats an eyelid. They're like, oh, well, it's just more all- talking chipmunks uh, that are superstars. Once you've already had some, more, I guess, isn't that surprising. Well, well we need to lodge into this debate later because this is coming too soon. Okay. But I have so many questions around what the laws of this universe are. Yeah. A lot of my questions about the back half of the movie centered around how much legal protection do they get? Are they treated as human <laughs> beings, as people, or are they treated as animals? Why do they not have someone that's there to defend their rights and well, like their safety at school? Because norm- they're tiny little like fucking animals. Normally they do with Dave, which is Jason Lee's character. In the first movie, he is that, but he's kind of written out in the beginning of this, assumedly in my opinion, because anyone watched the movie and said, you're right, why did we let Jason Lee become an actor? (laughs) It wasn't because of that. We'll get to that later. Let me give you the overview of this film. I didn't try very hard for this overview because this film didn't try very hard either. (laughs) Um, just a couple of facts about this fucking film. It was directed by Betty Thomas, a female director, the first female director on this entire list. Yeah. This is, how many movies are we in? We're in 27? We are 26 episodes deep and this is the first female to appear. And actually, statistically, that's sooner than you would think, considering that... (laughs) The rate of female directors in Hollywood yeah. is far lower than one in 26. We should have, like, one by a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe this is our one for this hundred. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. But it was directed by Betty Thomas. She did the Brady Bunch movie. Oh, I love that. I love that movie, too. So okay. funny. Like, a classic from, like, absolute childhood nostalgia, that whole movie. Yeah. So George this Glass. This... this- <laughs> <laughs> sure, Jan. This isn't a great example of her. She's not putting this on her showreel. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. No, she needed a big paycheck because yeah. she hadn't worked in 14 years. As has ever, as did everyone in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> the writers. So there was three writers for this film as well. Uh, well, of course, it's such a uh, nuanced tale. <laughs> yeah. There were three male writers for this film. Mm-hmm. One was John Vitti, and he was a writer for The Simpsons. Oh. And the Simpsons movie. And he also wrote for things like King of the Hill, The Critic, The Office. Like, he's pretty oh, respected. Um, he also served as a screenwriter consultant for live action movies and animated movies like Ice Age and Robots. Like, right. he's worked on a lot of shit. And also, it was written by two other male writers, and they're a writing duo, Jonathan Abel and Glenn Berger. They're best known for writing Kung Fu Panda, the SpongeBob movie, Trolls, and its sequel, Trolls World Tour. Nice. These are all like writers that are pretty pretty attuned to writing this kind of film yeah. like this is the, they're in their element it's just that i don't think any of them gave a shit and fair enough like it's a sequel to a film that was already so bad so questionable yeah um but here's my overview after a mishap lands dave in the hospital alvin simon and theodore end up in the care of dave's 20 something cousin toby 
The chipmunks are forced to return to school where they encounter the wrath of some local bullies but win the hearts of all the girls. The principal, a secret fan, requests them to help the school win an annual Battle of the Bands competition in order to save the school's music program. But they soon meet their match, the Chipettes, Brittany, Jeanette and Eleanor, who work for the Chipmunks ex-manager Ian Hawke. After Simon and Alvin fight due to Alvin's rising popularity at school, Theodore runs away to the zoo. His brothers soon save him and get to the school for the battle on time, but the Chipettes have been kidnapped by Ian to perform at an arena as their careers are taking off. The Chipmunks save the Chipettes and they all perform together to win the battle for the school. Again, this is the worst overview I've ever done and I do not give a shit. Oh, Fuck this film. Succinct. Yeah. It's everything important that happens. So dumb. Such it, a dummy film. I feel like a recurring thing in this podcast is that a lot of these movies could be about 20 minutes long and they just take a really long time to tell their tale. Yeah. I didn't realize that Alvin and the Chipmunks was like started in the 50s. Yeah. I didn't realize that this wasn't an original idea that started in 2007 with a really subpar film. Oh, no, 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 no. You got some history on Alvin and the Chipmunks you can give me? Because I looked up Alvin and the Chipmunks and there's so much content and so much history. I was like... Mm -hmm. Fuck this. I'm not going to read shit into this because fuck this fucking film. Okay, cool. Well, I can I can help you here. Okay. Um, and by the way, a lot of this would have been covered if you'd watched the first movie. Shut the fuck <laughs> up, Michelle. Um, I'm not doing extra work for Alvin and the Chipmunks, the squeakquel. I apologize. But you, listeners, you're getting my bare minimum today and you're going to like it. <laughs> That's what I say before sex. Uh, um... So Alvin and the Chipmunks was a thing. It started as a novelty record in the 60s, which was just like experimenting with pitch shifting and stuff. And it was in particular this one song about like getting a present for Christmas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was recorded Chipmunk style and it fucking sold like hotcakes. So they, they did a few more. Um, and then eventually it kind of became a kid's cartoon for a little bit. And since that got cancelled, like every every couple of years, every like half generation, they try and revive it with yeah. a, in a new form. Because there was a TV series in the 80s. Yeah. I'm aware of that. Which and the I Chipettes were part of the TV show as well. Yeah. They were even in the first episode. They were ma- like massive characters. The first movie was the, f- was the first revival in quite some time. Um, and a lot of the first movie covers them being introduced to Dave, who is an original character, I th- I'm yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, he is. David Sev- Seville. But he does perform the classic thing from the original record of the Alvin! 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 Yeah. And they're wearing their classic outfits from the original cartoon and everything. But now they're hoodies because it's hip and modern. Ah, so fresh. <sighs> Real 2007 aesthetic. Which, by the way, i got to say, the 2000s aesthetic is, for me, one of the weakest in a long time. Yeah. Two th- the 2000 aesthetic was all over the place. When yeah. I think about 2004, I'm thinking about, like, weird metallic colors, yeah. low-rise jeans, lots of little clutch bags that you can only just fit over your shoulder. I think of, like, Lizzie McGuire in, like... A weird, awful, patterned small shirt. Yeah. But then underneath it is like a hot pink long sleeve yeah. shirt. I think about Lindsay Lohan in a vest over a t-shirt with Trilby. You know, yeah. it was a grim time. Wearing a belt, but it's not actually in your belt loops. It's just sort of off center. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. of your clothes are meant to be teeny tiny. That yeah. was like the weird aesthetic for the 2000s. And I vividly can also imagine a lot of like lip gloss, but it's transparent lip gloss. Yeah. And it's a roll on for and, sure. And for men, it was really just skater. Yeah. 
That was it. It yeah. was just like, what if grunge got a little worse, yeah. but had more money? Frosted tips, that took too long to oh, fade out as well. God. Frosted tips lingered throughout the 2000s far longer than it should have. I, I took 10 psychic damage from you saying <laughs> frosted tips. And then end of the 2000s, men were just like gelling the front of their hair. Yeah. It was just that weird gel where they were making it spiky well, to a point. Because at first it was just like spiky everywhere, mm. which was awful. Yeah. But then there was the faux hawk of like the spiking the it together. The faux hawk. That's, yeah, yeah. That's it. The faux hawk really just like... It was king. I, no, it king was awful. Shit. The the hawk <laughs> makes men's heads look pointy. Yeah, no. Like the top of their it's heads It's so dumb. Taper. And I mean, literally Toby in this film had a hawk. Yeah. Let's, can we talk about Zachary let's, Levi for a second? Let's please talk about Zachary Levi. Because, okay, by the way, just, the, I had a, I wrote a couple of things that I wanted to touch on and the cast of this film is definitely something I want to touch on. Yeah. Because it had a really good cast of very notably talented or clever comedians and actors. Yeah. Zachary Levi is not amongst those people, by no. the way. But he plays Toby, the guy that is taking care of the chipmunks while they go to school, which is its own bag of fucking riddles and mysteries. In his worst performance I've ever seen, and that's, for Zachary Levi, that's, that's a low a bar. Yeah. <laughs> the most generic man in America. So he's like a gamer. He's like a geeky gamer boy. Yeah. And like but, but the as... way that we know that is that he he wears shirts like eat, sleep, game. <sighs> Uh, very cool. He is a gamer as written by people who are dads and their children are gamers. Who, by the way... Or by screenwriters that go to a lot of parties and take a lot of coke. Yeah. And they were maybe semi-not popular in high school 15 years ago. Yeah. A lot of what this movie's perception of of culture is is still rooted in the 80s. And Zachary Levi is meant to be like 20, but he's like 30, he right? He looks... Nearly, yeah, he's he's 30 at that time because yeah. he's around 40 now. Yeah. He looked so much old. I was like, is he yeah. meant to be like 20 or 30? It, those are big differences. Certainly in Zachary Levi, they are. Um, But he was definitely the worst in the whole film, for me at least. Every moment he was on screen, I despised him. As you said, he looks like nothing. He is just an American man. Like, uh, a character creator hit on random. Yeah. We like to play celebrity heads a lot. And yeah. something that we like to do is we like to choose white, brown-haired male, like, actors from Cause, America. Because it could be... it's, it's a, It could be anyone. <laughs> and, like, yeah. if we chose Zachary Levi, we'd never get anywhere. No. Is it Levy or Levi? I think... It's, I'm pretty sure it's Levi. But Americans pronounce... Americans whose last names are rooted in other places than England always pronounce their names wrong. Yeah. <laughs> But he was by far the worst. But the rest of the cast is really good. You've got fucking Justin Long is voicing as Alvin, which I didn't realize. Um, yeah. You've also got Matthew Gray Gubler, the best, um, as Simon. Yeah. You've also got Jesse McCartney I know. as Theodore. It's the not like you can recognize anyone. No, they all sound the same. I was like, why are you spending the money on these actors when they all sound completely identical well, and unrecognizable? It's so that they can give a rich comedic performance. Yeah, no, it really translated on screen for sure. <laughs> but this this movie had the Chipettes, and the uh. Chipettes were voiced by three remarkably talented comedic like comedic actresses as well. Mm-hmm. Brittany was voiced by Christina Applegate. Oh. Jeanette, the nerdy one that uh. is paired up with the nerdy chipmunk, is played by Anna Faris. Yeah. And fucking Eleanor, the cute little chubby one that's paired off with the cute little chubby chipmunk, Theodore, she was voiced by Amy Poehler. Oh. The, they are all too good for this film. And by the way, David Cross is the villain. Was yes. He made the film manageable. Yeah. He made the film, like, 
I didn't want to cry. I didn't want to like beat my brains out when we watched it because he was there. The same is true of the first one. Like having watched the first one recently, he really makes that movie. Yeah. And like he's, you can tell he's not trying hard. He's just being David Cross, but evil. And he doesn't have to try hard because no. he's naturally funny. I, I don't think he's trying hard. I agree with you there, but I do feel like he's having fun. Yeah, I get that. Which is funny because I feel like David Cross... L- I've heard he's, like, the grumpiest man in the world. Yeah, but I can imagine if you're a grumpy man and you sign on to do the Chipmunks, you're like, it doesn't matter what I do. Yeah. (laughs) No, very true. I really liked that he had the worst dialogue in almost the whole Mm -hmm. film. Like, this dialogue was... This film was really good at just churning out tropey dialogue here and there, just, like, ticking off all of, like, the... It's it's a classically structured film. Actually, it's not... Cut that. Cut that. The dialogue is so hammy and gross, and David Cross had the best lines. Like, one of his, I think one of his lines was like, I wouldn't know what it's like to be a loser. No, I can't remember. I want to find that line. It really was like Mad Libs of American comedy blockbuster. Yeah. Like, just replace every every character with a character from the Chipmunks. Yeah. He had this, yeah, he had this great hammy line where he was just like, how does it feel to lose? I wouldn't know. I'm a winner. Like, it's just like really classic, clear-cut shit dialogue. It felt like I was watching a template. Yeah. Right? Like It's uh, like the screenwriters, the three men sat in a huddle, and they were just like, subtext? Never heard of her. <laughs> theme? Family? They yeah, sure. Like, the theme is a family. They had a sample script from their time at film school, and they just used that for this. Like, that's what it feels like. Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, it has a great cast, except, you know, Jason Lee, as you say, probably... He can't he's, act. He's not good. I, look, I thought My Name is Earl was funny, um, and I liked him in Dogma, even though I'm not sure if that movie does hold up. But I, th- I hate Dogma. I hate I everything Kevin Smith did after Clerks. Yeah. I think, for me, Dogma's either Kevin Smith's best, or it's rubbish, and I can't tell... Um, but I thought Jason Lee was good in that. And then outside of that, I don't think he's given a single good performance in his life. No. I think he should have stuck to skateboarding. No. Yeah. He's, yeah. He also can't sing. He, in the first movie, he has to sing quite a lot. I don't know why they cast him to act and sing when he can't do either. Jason Lee is another white, male, brown-haired American actor that if we played celebrity heads on him, we would never get him. Is he in a TV show? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Is he in films? Yeah. Has he been in comedies? Yeah. (laughs) All the the funny men have brown hair in America. (laughs) Yeah. And I I feel like all the funny women in America have blonde hair, to be honest. A lot of, like, these, like, the women in this are all blonde. That's true. Yeah. It's strange. Tina Fey, though. Who? Tina Fey. Never heard of her. Damn it. I should be, like, struck down for saying that. If this movie was made now, instead of, like, Amy Poehler and uh, Christina Applegate, it would be, like, Kate McKinnon and Kristen Wiig, right? Like Two blonde women. That's what made me think of them. (laughs) Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. They are now dominating the the female comedian scene. Love Kate McKinnon. I love her so much. So gay and loves cats. She's gay. She loves cats. I want her to step on me. Yeah, me too. We all do. But then she can say something really funny afterwards. Yeah. She's a funny woman. But yeah, also, <laughs> just talking about, like, the, the chipettes for a second oh, as well. God. Yeah, we have to. Yeah, like, why... Legally, we have to. Why were they designed so horny? Like, why? Which, which animator was horny for a chipmunk? Who beat his meat to these fucking designs? At least one of them did. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
At, trust me, at least one of them did. You know they're women because they have long, pretty eyelashes yeah. and they, they look, actually have fringes and hair. They like, look exactly like the male chipmunks. The same three archetypes, except they have their lighter color fur, they're curvier, and they have eyelashes and they have long hair on their heads, there's which is not how chipmunks work. There's a bit where the villain Ian Hawke, played by David Cross, says, you know what's better? He's like, chipmunks are out. You know what I've got? girl chipmunks because that's the two genders is you're either human or you're girl human yeah that's what it is the default is indeed the male of the species western society is built upon two genders default and woman (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's super gross like uh, it, I'm shocked that a woman did direct this because <laughs> every other person that had their hands on this film was definitely a dude, right? I think three other people dropped out and they were like, God, we have to get somebody. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, just the, the, the chipettes was extremely sexual for kids when they're dancing. They're like rubbing their bodies. They're like yeah. doing they're playing. They're singing that song. Put your records on, which yeah. is a great tune and like britney is like the lead one that ian is trying to make a superstar mm-hmm. and um he's trying to turn her against the other chipettes but she realizes that they're her family it's a beautiful parallel to alvin's own journey where he is getting turned on his own brothers because he's becoming popular at school but because, he realizes that they're family because he's a smug little fuck face yeah but before we dive into what you were going to talk about i just need to address alvin alvin is a smug little fuck let me tell you, when they're introduced in the first movie, it's not like they're introduced... Like, Simon's older. It's not like Alvin is introduced as the leader. They're introduced as a trio. But Dave, when he makes their outfits, goes, you know what? Alvin, I'm going to give him a big A on his shirt. Oh, the three of them can sing and dance together? What are they going to be? The chipmunks? No. Alvin and the chipmunks. It sounds like Dave is the issue, because he's just bloating up fucking Alvin's ego. It's gaunted. It's he's all the gaunted product Alvin's of, Yeah. He, look, Alvin's a child star. You can't really blame him, you know? <laughs> He's been, like, groomed and manipulated by a series of adults trying to promote him, you know? Um, my sympathies are with Alvin. Really, this is a tragic tale of kids in Hollywood. Mm. Is that not what you read into it? Because I got that. It's not about family. Yeah. Right? It's about pedophilia. Ugh. Pedophilia. By the way, they go to high school, which I feel like we didn't stress enough. Why do they go to high school? Wait, let me just finish my okay. thing about the chipettes, because yeah. now we're on a different tangent. Okay. But going back to the chipettes, all I really wanted to say was that there's a bit where they're dancing and she's like rubbing her body and they're like super sexual. The yeah. way that they've stylized and designed the chipettes and the way that they have reversed and reflected them against the chipmunks is fucking weird. If you so want to shift uncomfortably in your seat for like half an hour... <laughs> Feel free to watch this film. Yeah. It is one step away from, like, a fairy's dream. It is. I think... Now, this is not to this movie's credit, because nothing is to this movie's credit. But I do think a lot of it comes from specifically that the dance moves they're doing are mimicking female pop stars, who are often in particular very sexualized. This is true. They are just a product of the society that we live in. But I wanted Alvin and the Chipmunks, the Squeakwall 2009, to be better than that. I wanted wanted it to look further. I wanted it to say something, use its platform to have a voice. Also, may I say quickly as well, whilst I didn't cry during this film, I did kind of shed a little tear as the credits were rolling because this film got made and I have a high suspicion that nothing that I will ever be involved in will get made to the same degree. And that just really hurts well, my little spirit. You know that you know the Bush Ranger script. Or maybe the, the, the other one. 
The other one. Just make him chipmunks. That's the two genders, bush ranger or other. <laughs> Tag yourself. Just just make him chipmunks. Just make them chipmunks, Abby. Abby, just just make them chipmunks. Maybe I'll make them chipmunks. Yeah, take your mm. script, take your script, the one in the in the shopping mall in the in the shopping center make them chipmunks make them all chipmunks except one of them and that one of them is jason lee michelle i've got this idea maybe i should just make all my films like chipmunks that's what i've been saying Hmm. totally inspired thought by yours truly just make just look abby take all your scripts every idea you've ever had would it be better or worse with more chipmunk percentage higher amount of chipmunks question isn't it what is it yeah, because it will be worse, but will it sell? Uh, yeah. Well, I think it would make it better. Imagine this same movie, but they're not even chipmunks. Make it chipmunks, guys. To be honest, I think that's some really nice life advice. Like, are you in doubt? Make it chipmunk. Make it chipmunk. <laughs> are you in doubt? <laughs> make, make it chipmunk. Make it chipmunk. Do you need? Have you been injured or seriously assaulted at work? Make, make it, it chipmunk. chipmunk. Uh, do, do you think that your partner is cheating on you? Make, Make it, it chipmunk. chipmunk. Do you have a solid, formidable legal case against your employer? Make it chipmunk. Do you <laughs> need a plan to put your life together? Make it chipmunk. Do you need the help? Yes. Make it chipmunk. <laughs> <laughs> have you been feeling blue? Make, Make it, it chipmunk. chipmunk. Today. Next time you're crying, <laughs> make a chipmunk. Yeah. Yeah. If you need to tell someone bad news, go, I think your mother's going to die. You know, just make a chipmunk. It's more fun. That was super fun. It was way more fun. I don't care about okay. my mother. I've got a chipmunk. Give me some bad news, but make a chipmunk. Michelle. Oh, oh. Make a chipmunk. Oh, make me make a chipmunk. Okay. First, give me the bad news okay. straight. All right. Um, you're I, i've stolen all of your money what oh my god i need that money to continue to pay rent and groceries too bad oh, fuck. it's mine now this is terrible oh, i hate this oh. you're right oh. okay now do it again but make a chipmunk michelle i've stolen all of your money <laughs> oh really <laughs> <laughs> you crazy chipmunk <laughs> and that's what your life could be audience chip chipmunk subscribe today i'm chip nine dollars 99.99.99 that's the price and our number yeah it's 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 both just move the apostrophes over and you'll get the real amount solve the riddle and you can contact us <laughs> Um, yeah, so they're in high school. I don't get why they're in high school. Yeah, going back to that, I thought they were, like, meant to be, like, early teen, like, early teens. Well, I thought maybe they were, even like, like, eight. 10. I thought they were, like, eight. I thought they're, they're I children. I thought they were, around, like, maybe 10 or 11. Okay, what's confusing is that, like, when they come into Dave's house in the first one, they just come out of the woods. I don't know why they know so much about pop culture and how things Wait, work. Wait, so they didn't go to school originally at all? No, This no, no, is no, them no. going to school for the first time and they immediately get them placed into a normal high school? Yeah, what are they meant to do when they get handed an assignment? So like, they don't know never, anything. We never see them in class at high school. No, you we know? don't. The high school is a building for this story to reside in and it has a battle of the bands and that's it. They're never in class, they're never doing homework, they're just flirting with girls. And by the way, Alvin is a massive player and the way he speaks to women is gross. It is terrible. Straight up gross. Gross. He's a he's a douche. Alvin is the worst. Yeah. 
Simon and Theodore are all right, but Simon, uh, uh, Alvin's the absolute worst. Yeah, he's a he's a bad dude, bad protagonist. Yeah. Also, yeah. like this is linking into like what world is this again? Like what universe are they residing in? Because all these kids don't care that there's like six different sentient chipmunks, three of whom they've never seen before, who aren't stars, and they're like, cool. There's more sentient chipmunks in the world, like. This is an alternate universe where sentient animals are normal. Are there not people that are like, what other animals are there out there that we could make money off of? What other animals are sentient? Is it just chipmunks? Notice in this movie how they never read the news. Because what we're not seeing as an audience member is the the UN is currently having an exploratory (laughs) committee in how sentient are animals. Okay. How sentient are chipmunks specifically. We need to make a film set in the Alvin and the Chipmunks universe, but it's about these people trying to uncover the reasons behind sentient chipmunks and where they came from, how it happened, if there are more out there. Yeah. And there's like an evil team that want to like kidnap them and run tests on them and 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 capitalize on them yeah i'm surprised that the main problem in this movie is just that record labels are bad <laughs> like they're there's sentient so, chipmunks there's a plethora of other issues a lot of foundations that our understanding of human beings is based on yeah. would be shooken to its core yeah by the existence of speaking sentient chipmunks who already could get engaged with pop culture yeah and also if there's like a new level of sentient being, they fall into our socioeconomic hierarchy, which means they could be subject to like racism or speciesism. Yeah. You know, like if there's more out there, these could be like the new minority in the world. If we could cage them or, or, or like there could be like essentially a genocide towards these sentient animals. If we've learned anything about Americans, it's that if they discover new people, new kinds of people, they're not cool with it. Exactly. Like if there was, if there are like alien life forms out there and they come to earth, there'd be a war because fucking humans are terrible. So if there's like sentient animals that are on this earth, I feel like we'd also just want to start a war. Yeah. Be like, they're threatening us. I didn't realize there are sentience on this world. We're now at war with the chipmunks. And again, on, on really just like small scale shit, why don't they at least start in primary school? Like, how much do they know? Yeah, Why do they come, start in high school? How come their education start? And also, like, how does the chipmunk years relate to the human years? Like, how do they calculate that they were roughly 16? Because these chipmunks yeah. look fully grown. Yeah, well... But they also have kind cute little squeaky voices. Like, are they... Well, they we've refer never seen to each other adult, as children. But we've never seen an adult chipmunk, right? No. We just see them as the only chipmunks we know. How did the humans figure out that they would be our equivalent of 16? Right, especially, again, because the first movie gives you the impression that they're, like, eight. Yeah. They're children. Sixteen is still a child, but it's a different scale of child. Betty Thomas, please get in touch with us at ratingdescending at gmail.com to answer these queries. Otherwise, you will be sued. On a related note... For mental distress. (laughs) Alvin and the chipmunks come from the woods in the first one. The chipettes mail themselves in a sealed FedEx bag. What's the origin of the chipettes? Well, they briefly mentioned we came from a small town, but they 100% suffocated. They were in (laughs) a sealed plastic bag. They were like sticking their arms out and like wriggling out of it like they were already dying. Chipmunks are not small. Like they (laughs) suffocated for sure. Which mailman held that package and was like, it feels like three heavy moving objects (laughs) in this parcel. 
Ah, well. Oh, God. On that note, all the characters really manhandle the fucking chipmunks. They really do. Yeah, the bit where she, the little Eleanor one voiced by Amy Poehler gets stuck in the lettuce slot and then David Cross pulls her ass out. Well, was weird. At the beginning, is like pushing her in and it goes for like what feels like an eternity, but it's probably 10 full seconds of him weirdly, shakily pushing and shoving her into the mail slot. Fuck. No music, nothing. Just... <laughs> this film fucks me up on a lot of levels. They toss the chipmunks as well. They like they're playing dodgeball as well, and they're yeah. almost like killing them with these enormous balls. They're going to kill these chipmunks. They want to like step on them at one point. It's horrifically violent. This is a traumatizing film. Oh my god! Sorry, I'm so glad I checked at my notes. I really just almost forgot my favorite line in this movie, which is David Cross declaring to the principal. The principal is like. Checking out if Alvin and the Chipmunks are going to be good for the the twenty five thousand band yeah. twenty five thousand dollar reward from the Battle of the Bands thing. Yeah. Now, by the way, side note: Alvin and the Chipmunks are shown to have a, arena selling shows. Which, by yeah. the way, I don't know why everyone is paying for a cover band. They never write original songs except for their very first song in the first movie. Yeah. Have you ever gone to an arena to see a cover band? Yeah, they're a cover band. <laughs> I know it's novelty, but they're a cover band. Yeah. Okay. But think about it just quickly. Okay. If if this was our world, if you found out that there were sentient chipmunks that could sing, would you go see them in an arena? Because I'd be interested. I, I would, would want to see that. I, I'd be interested to see it. I'm not sure I'd be a fan. I'd be amused and scared and interested but like arena arena shows now the tickets are like a hundred dollars i wouldn't pay a hundred dollars i might if i could see the chipmunks on stage actually singing if they were like at enmore or something and it was like 50 bucks i'd be like hell yeah i'm gonna go see that apparently these chipmunks are so good that they are booking full arenas i'd be like well i kind of want to be there for the first animal concert ever that's well i get that it's just so weird that it's cover it's all they're just a cover band i would be disappointed if i then found out they were just a cover band i'd be like we'll do something original yeah give me something new um related to that is if they just did one of their sellout shows they could just give the school twenty five thousand dollars true but that's tangential to my point well they've got to get an education apparently even though we never see it so they they're like auditioning to be in this battle of the bands the principal's really on their side but david cross comes in and is like i have a new act the chipettes and they're gonna be fucking wild and then they put on a okay performance of single ladies yeah and all the students love it and then the principal is like we're gonna go with the chipmunks and david cross is like well this is a democracy isn't it we should vote on it and then looks at the principal as just a man who came into the school and says don't be a fascist <laughs> Wasn't expecting that from Alvin and the Chipmunks. No, not at all. It's a great line. Also, I'm just thinking, just riffing on what you were saying before, they're fucking superstars. Yeah. Where is their money? Is Dave handling their money? Yes. Because they're kids, they're not allowed to access their money. It's a plot point in the first movie that Dave, instead of spending a lot of money on them, is putting them in like long-term savings accounts. Fuck, okay. Look, Chipwrecked. The the last film in this is on our list, and we will yeah. be doing it later. So we'll also get to find out what happens next to this zany bunch of kids. This crazy world of the chipmunks. Do you want to hear some trivia? I would love to hear some trivia. I don't have much. Unsurprisingly, this is not a very interesting film. Um, Jason Lee was meant to have a larger role in the film, but his screen time was rewritten shorter than planned due to scheduling conflicts with My Name Is Earl, which was still running uh, at the time. He was so too literally, he busy. was he was too busy. So they replaced him with someone somehow worse than Jason Lee. I think the thing is, I think Jason Lee is funnier. 
Mm. Even though I think he's a worse actor. So I think the next, if following that trajectory, I think the third one will have him replaced with someone who's an even better actor, but even less funny. So I'm holding out for Daniel Day Lewis. Oh my God. In Chipwrecked. (laughs) (laughs) He sits brooding in a corner. He has like a lengthy monologue sequence. (laughs) The man. (laughs) You know, Dan. What the fuck? Attica! No! Yeah, Daniel Day-Lewis, love him. No, there's just a whole sequence where he grabs Alvin by the scruff of his neck and he's like, imagine you've got a milkshake and I've got a milkshake too, but you've got strawberry and I've got chocolate and I don't like chocolate. I want strawberry, so I get a straw and I dip it into your milkshake. I'm drinking your milkshake. Um, Daniel, we just want to drink a milkshake. Drink it up. Daniel, I'm, I'm drinking so your milkshake. Oh, Daniel, and then so he batters sorry. Alvin to death in his little bowling alley. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? Did you not see the end of There Will Be Blood? No. Oh, that's that's what happens. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, it kind of just kills the shit out of someone pretty ah. much straight after that. Ah, damn. Look, it's a good film if you're willing to be bored for two hours. All right, next piece of trivia. <laughs> You've described any PTA film <laughs> yeah. post-Magnolia. Yeah. Um, when Alvin and the Chipettes are on the toy motorbike, Digger the NASCAR gopher briefly pops out of a manhole. Oh, that's, that's who that it was. was. We were like, is this another sentient animal in the chipmunk world? It blew our minds. We're like, who the fuck was that? Well, we should have known he was the NASCAR of course. mole or whatever. Gopher. Gopher. Yeah. The climate. NASCAR mole. Wait, so We've got a spy. <laughs> so they're suggesting in the Alvin and the Chipmunks world that also, the, I assume he's the mascot for NASCAR. Yeah. They're, <laughs> they're positing that that... That mascot is a real sentient. Okay, so that begs the question: Do they all already know that that gopher is a sentient speaking gopher, and that's why they're super chill about the chipmunks? Or is he secretly sentient, and they just pretend that he's a cartoon? Character? It opens up so many more questions. Like just when you think your mind might be able to wrangle the idea of these chipmunks existing in this world, then there's the gopher, and you're like, wait. <laughs> There's more to this. Well, that's a great analogy for life. Sometimes you really feel like you're starting to get a handle on it, but then there's the gopher. And there's the gopher popping out of the manhole. You've never heard that euphemism? <laughs> Here's another weird piece of trivia. Um, I hope this I next found one's this a strange. real gopher in the manhole. <laughs> kind of. Napoleon Bonaparte's great-great-nephew, Kevin Bonaparte, visited the set on two non-consecutive days. What? The great-great-nephew of Napoleon visited the set of Alvin and the Chipmunks, the squeakle. What? Six degrees, baby. <laughs> Are you saying... I, it, it's not even six... That's, that's like... T- two degrees between Alvin and the Chipmunks and Napoleon Bonaparte. I mean, ki- not really. I mean, he's a relation. He's, he's not Napoleon himself. But you'd have to still work your way up through the family. Okay, I feel like the way that degrees work is loose. I have a rigid structure around them. (laughs) I remember my mom once told me that, like, she had this, like, piano teacher, this old Russian lady that was her piano teacher in the 80s. No, earlier, the 70s. And um, she grew up in Russia. And she mentioned to my mom casually that there had been a parade when she was a little girl and she saw the czar, the last czar of Russia on the parade. And she got to shake his hand. And my my mom was like, can I touch your hand? Yeah. Like this hand has touched the hand of the last czar of Russia. Yeah. And my mom had two degrees of separation. No, one degree of separation between her and the czar of Russia in that moment. That's wild. I love that. That's so crazy. 
this is just weird. <laughs> like, this is just... I... Why, I didn't, why I just, this set? I didn't need to bring this up, but I wanted to. Does he go to a lot of... No, he doesn't. He, why did he go to this set? Also, he went twice. Fuck no. Well, he didn't go on consecutive days. He just... Two times on his assumed trip to America, he was like, I know what I want to say. Yeah. Also, I just love the fact that this relation of the mighty Napoleon Bonaparte is called Kevin. Ah, <laughs> uh, from... What, what's... Right. Napoleon's his first name. That is, is, is Napoleon Bonaparte. <laughs> from Napoleon to Kevin, the Bonapartes. <laughs> <laughs> A BBC miniseries spanning five hours. Um, Focuses heavily on Waterloo because that's that would be what the BBC focus on. Correct. <laughs> Um, this is a piece of trivia that I also chose because I thought it was very funny because it was wrong. I love very um, funny. This is just says eight years before Anna Faris and David Cross later worked together in Scary Movie 2. Scary Movie 2 was eight years prior to this film. Whoever wrote this trivia got confused, but I love that they, they, they didn't just say, it wasn't just a typo. They said before Anna Faris and David Cross later worked together. I don't remember David Cross in Scary Movie 2. Yeah, he was the assistant to the, um, to Tim Curry's character. Oh. He was in a wheelchair. Oh. Yeah. And like, there's a bit where he has sex with someone fuck i don't know know, those movies are very horny yeah yeah Um, i I really i do really like david cross i really like the classic mr show that he did with bob odenkirk yeah you told me about it i i do like his stand-up is that like it's about the edgiest alternative comedy gets before Mm. it's too edgy and i think that's a fun line yeah and i honestly think that like tobias fionke might be one of the best tv show comedic characters ever and he yeah. played him flawlessly. I do love, I've told this story to you before, but the story that Mitch Hurwitz told on a different podcast of uh, he and David Cross really thought the moustache was really like a, a fundamental part of Tobias Funke's character. Yeah. And there was a point where uh, one of the studio executives wanted him to shave it off because he was like, none of them should have facial hair. You know, they're just like clean face. We're going to mm. see David Cross. And they really didn't like that. So they kind of conspired together. And David Cross refilmed all the scenes but he intentionally did like a really bad job of delivering all the lines and Mitch Hurwitz then got to lean over to the executive and was like see it's just not funny without the moustache that's so much (laughs) absolute genius Mitch Hurwitz mad respect for that man yeah um that's all the weird trivia that I have one was wrong one was bizarre and two were uninteresting (laughs) here's my reviews um also it's a real gopher in the manhole (laughs) What's my new favorite analogy? Anal- you mean like metaphor, euphemism? Is it, well, is it, is it not an analogy? No, it'd be a euphemism. Uh, it's my favorite euphemism. Or me- I think- no, it's, it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor now. Okay. It's my favorite, it's my favorite metaphor. Reviews. So, on Rotten Tomatoes, the film has an approval rating of 20%. The yeah. site's consensus is that this squeakle may entertain the kiddies, but it's low on energy and heavily reliant on slapstick humor. Owen Gleiberman of Entertainment Weekly wrote, Will kids eat up this cutely fractious claptrap? Of course they will. They'll eat up whatever you put in front of them. But that doesn't make the squeakle good for them. Yeah. Kids really do just watch whatever you put in front of them. Yeah. But they also do have taste. I think kids are more discerning than we think they are. Yeah. Because, like, kids will enjoy something for the feel and, like, the, the vibe of it, and they can't critique films the same way. But they can also discern what is an enjoyable film and what's, like, yeah. a, a fun or adventurous film. But I do think it's notable that their sense of 
enjoyable and adventurous is different than an adult brain. Yeah. Notable. The best example of that is the prequels because kids fucking love those movies mm. and they are not good movies. I know I loved them as a kid. Attack of the Clones is my favorite movie I think as a it's kid. It's for like the atmosphere of the films. Yeah, and it's also there's a lot of new and exciting things happening mm. on screen. And like there was a lot of special effects that were really new at the time as well that we hadn't seen before. Yeah, you see cool shit happen and you're like this is exciting. Yeah. As opposed to other kids movies where it's just really flat and dull. Yeah. Here's a review from Mary F. Poles from MSN Movies. <laughs> there are worse forms of torture. Here's a review from Michael Compton. <laughs> Here's a review from reviewer Michael Compton. The cinematic equivalent of unwrapping a fruitcake on Christmas morning. <laughs> and I've got two IMDb reviews for you today because I chose one and I couldn't resist adding this extra one. This one is called Wonderful and it was left by Monari. In 2010, 10 out of 10 review. Love it. I am upset about all the negative response that this movie is receiving. Just because it doesn't have a murder or rape or sex, people don't like it. (laughs) That is not the kind of movie that this was meant to be. It was funny, lovable, and cute. I love the chipmunks. If you watch them, you might learn a little about animals. What? (laughs) Animals are very smart, and they are cute. I love each and every one of them. I have worn out two DVDs of Alvin and the Chipmunks movie. What? Love this movie. Also can't wait for it to come out in DVD so I can wear out two of these DVDs. I didn't really care for Toby. He was kind of a flake. (laughs) 10 out of 10. (laughs) This one is called Epic and it was left by Eli Cockerton in 2018. 10 out of 10. Classic Cockerton. Okay. This is epic. Le epic Alvin and friends do le epic prank on Dave. Oh, fuck Lol. off. Lol. 10 out of 10. Uh, uh, you saying le anything burned a hole in my brain. Just like, like rapid flashbacks to internet culture around 2010. Uh, except feel, this was left two years ago. <laughs> I feel physically weakened. I've become more exhausted. Listen, if you're not physically weakened by the end of our episodes, we're doing something wrong. This film, this 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 film, this podcast is meant to beat us down. Well, that's the thing; they shouldn't end it feeling physically drained. They're hearing us be physically drained. It is the story of two women growing to hate themselves and everything around them. It's getting harder with each week. I, I, I won't lie. Yeah, and we're barely into this. Like percentage-wise, barely into. We're a tenth of the way through. Yeah, that's Alvin and the Chipmunks. My rating for this film is higher than most because as as your criteria is it's uh-huh. it, it is a film uh-huh. it's 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 well shot it's well color graded i guess like it's uh-huh. very standard in every yeah. sense of the word it and looks it has like a movie well mixed songs if you and s- kids like it if you saw it in passing you'd go oh is that a movie and like again sex in the city 2 was a new like bar for me because <laughs> i just i've never felt like so physically agitated by a film yeah this film kind of flew by you know? Mm, yeah. Manageable, as I keep saying. I didn't want to pull my hair out. I would give this a solid four out of ten. Yeah? Yeah. Four out of ten? Maybe mm, four out of ten. Well, I, I, I feel conflicted. I, my review is probably colored by the fact that, I, again, watched one recently. And whilst it's a bad movie, it, you know, by you get to the back half, you're like, I, I'm having an okay time. And David Cross is kind of carrying the enjoyment of yeah. it. Yeah. 
this was a real drop in quality, even though it already started from bad. I think David Cross might have pushed this up a whole point for me. Yeah. I think this would have been a three out of ten without him. Yeah. He made some funny-ish moments happen. And the principal. What's the actress's name? The woman from Just Shoot Me, um, which I watched a lot as a kid and as a grown-up, I don't know why. I think it was just on a lot. Yeah, you watch it a lot as a kid and then you watch it as an adult and you're like, oh, but it has David Spade. Mm. Um, Her name is Wendy Malick. Wendy Mallet. Yeah. She was kind of funny. Her character wasn't believable and wasn't w- well written, but I think she was trying. Was she in Seinfeld as a different character? I think she was. I think she was. Oh, she was. She plays... She is in Seinfeld. She's not that... She plays um Elaine's he- friend with the big hair. Yeah. And Elaine's trying to get her to change her hairstyle because yeah. it's weirdly outdated. And then Kramer meets her and he's like, wow, you've got a great head of hair. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Wendy Malick. Um... Yeah, but point being, I was coming off the shock of how bad it was compared to one. It's very fucking loose, which is my least favorite thing in a movie, is yeah. when it just feels like nothing is sort of happening yeah. for a really long period of time. The structure's all over the place, because they don't really have a goal. The beginning of the film is, Dave is sick and now we need to go to school. And it's like, well, they don't have an objective or like a, a yeah. something they're aiming for. They're just being forced into something for the first half hour of the film. They're not really doing or achieving anything. Yeah. Um. So I'll probably give it a... 3.8 like i can't give it a four because four i think is close to all right yeah and this isn't quite that so yeah. 3.8 nice nice yeah good shit well that was the long-awaited squeakwool yeah. to alvin and the chipmunks michelle what are we watching next week uh next week we are watching the 2014 horror ouija yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah! Oh, whoa, whoa. I'm excited. What Are you a, excited, it's Michelle? It's going to be a fun, wild I'm gonna episode. Fuck oh, it. I'm going to fuck it. I'm going to be the best come. one yet. It's going to be the best. I'm coming now. Don't do that. Uh, you're right. Okay. Never mind. Take it back. What? That's just sucking in your calm. Have a great... Uh, see you later. Man.